0: Hey, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Check the Stats podcast. I'm your host, Mike Leon. As always, this series lives on theanalyst.com. It's available wherever you get your podcast. There should be a little subscribe button right there on the top, maybe a follow button. Click on that. Do me a favor, click on that. And then at the bottom, Hit a review, hit the review button. There should be a review button right there. Leave us a five-star review and comment, please. Come on, pretty please. As always, in each episode, we'll examine how sports stats are used by coaches, players, scouts, trainers, and broadcasters alike as part of their everyday profession. Now, listen, if you're familiar with TheAnalyst.com, you know we have some great football content. And I should clarify, when I say football, I mean soccer here for our US audience. From our Rolling Football Stats blog, our Champions League preview, all the advanced data metrics that we've got up there on the different leagues, our season simulator data, expected goals, We've got you covered at theanalyst.com. So check out all of that cool statistical work that the team works hard on. But for today's episode, I wanted to speak to someone who has called these matches, had a front row seat in the broadcast booth, or in the studio analyzing matches across the EPL, Serie A, La Liga, Bundesliga, the UEFA Champions League, and more. And that is none other than my buddy, Spanish play-by-play announcer Jose Hernandez. Jose has been a play-by-play announcer and studio host for soccer matches seen across uh, TUDN, Televisa Univision Deportes Network. He's had previous play-by-play stops at BN Sports as well as ESPN Deportes where him and I work together. And he's been covering the EPL, Champions League, La Liga, Serie A, MLS for as long as him and I can remember. And today... Jose is going to share with us how he uses stats when he's broadcasting matches as a play-by-play announcer, how the Spanish audience reacts to some of this statistical information, and what he's looking at when he's breaking down a match as a studio analyst. Like I mentioned, Jose Hernandez, a play-by-play announcer over at 2DN. You can catch 2 N on whatever um, platform you're able to stream their matches on. Jose, thank you for hopping on the podcast. Long time no see, my friend.
1: That's right. Long long time no see, Mike. Uh, Thank you for the invitation. It's a pleasure being with you. Uh, We're here to talk about, you know, the beautiful game again, you know.
0: Oh, yeah. Listen, let's get in. Before we get into it, Jose, because... Our audience may not be familiar with you. Uh, Obviously, I worked a few at ESPN Deportes, but our audience a little bit about how you got into broadcasting and what, you know, give us your career path, your career journey.
1: Okay, it's a long story. I'm going to (laughs) try to put it in in, in a few words. Um, First of all, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I, I always wanted to be a play-by-play announcer for soccer, always, uh, even as a little kid growing up in El Salvador. And, um, but I always saw it as, as, um, as a great job that it was very difficult to break into the industry. Um, and it, I just happened to, to be in the right place at the right time. Uh, back in 2015, I was working for uh, Univision Boston um, the local, uh, Spanish TV station in, in Boston. And, um, I remember that summer they were promoting, uh, the U S open cup. And there was a game in Foxborough, uh, between the U S national team and in, I think it was Nigeria, I think. Uh, and somehow one of the, the, the from, from, from the, from the station made a deal that, you know, he was come he was going to bring two players from, from the U.S. national team for, for a quick interview, a 60-second interview, to promote the event, to promote the game, so people you know, could go to the stadium and stuff. And for some reason, the guy that used to do the sports at the station back then didn't show up. And I, I happened to be there. Uh, I used to do voiceovers for them at, at the beginning. And the general manager, which, which he was a, uh, a great sports person, you know, used to follow the Red Sox, the Pats, the Bruins, big hockey fan, Gary moder, by the way, um, who later passed away, uh, due to cancer, I believe, um, he came to me and he said, listen, um, can you do me a favor? Um, can you interview these two guys? And so we can get this promotion going. You know, I don't know where they, this other guy is. Can you do this for me? I'm not going to pay you you know, we'll, we'll, talk about it afterwards. And I said, sure, no problems. I said, I've, I've been ready for, for a long time for this. And it was my, actually my first chance on TV, my first interview. And it happened to be, it was Marcelo Balboa and Tavares Ramos, two guys that I, that I knew from the U S national team. And I did the interview. And six months later, I had the job as a full-time sports anchor for the station. And I stayed there for five years, then went to ESPN for twelve years, then being Sports for seven and now two and a half for, for, for today. the end. So and I'm not sure, but that's pretty much how it is.
0: Boy, that's a fantastic history, man. What 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 a way to step in a la Wally Pip, Lou Garrick. Everybody remembers that famous reference and, and, and that career trajectory. Jose, um, listen, I mentioned, obviously, all of those places that you worked at prior to you hopping on, the leagues you've covered. Um, give us a little bit of some insights as to the difference between when you're preparing to call a match versus when you're going into the studio to do a segment on a bunch of different teams, what stats are you looking at that are going to help you prepare to call a match versus when you're going into the studio to kind of digest how these matches are taking place and the the teams and the statistics behind it.
1: Um, Basically I use the same approach, to be honest with you. Um, I read on the, on the team's uh, stats and see how they're doing. You know, what's their winning streak. You know, when was that the last time they, they, they lost, when was the last time they won? All that kind of stuff, all that kind of information, um, I I try to look for it and I use it and I approach it the same way as I'm calling a game or as I'm calling uh, or as I'm being in the studio as an analyst. It's it's the same approach. I think think it's a great tool. Um, To be honest with you, I learned how to use stats when I was at ESPN. Um, that was, that was the school back then in 2000, when I run to arrive in Bristol, um, they used to, they used to give us a, a package of, you know, a bunch of stats and we would take, you know, 20, 25% of that information into the game because it's impossible to use it all. Plus soccer doesn't allow you, or, or maybe it's not the type of sport where, where you can use a lot of stats compared to, you know, NBA, uh, football and all that stuff. But you still got to take at least, you know, 25% of that, all that information they give you and
0: try to use it into the game. So, you know, obviously you you just touched on a bunch of the stuff there and I used to hand you some of those packets for our audience (laughs) listening, but (laughs) soccer's gotten deeper into analytics. Uh, We have a bunch of expected goals and created chances statistics over on theanalyst.com. What's a stat in the sport that you think people maybe look at and focus on too much? And then what's a new stat you like that you feel is helping to tell more of the story in the game?
1: Uh, wow. That's a good question. I think, I think all the stats are, are, are important. Um, just, um, I'm looking back uh, and thinking back of the game that I did, um, a couple of days ago when Cristiano Ronaldo came, came back and, and played for Manchester United again in, in the champions league. Um, you know, looking back at his numbers, you know, how many goals he has scored, how many games he ha- has taken for him to score all those goals. Um, I think all the stats, I'm not looking for something is specific, um, I just usually read, you know, the package, uh, and when I find something that, that, that I think can go well, um, I usually grab it, you know, put it in my game notes. And when you're doing the game, if it, if it's the right time, if it's, if it's the right moment to use as stats, then that's, that's how I do it.
0: You know, it's funny. We had, uh, Wayne Randazzo who calls the Mets here uh, in New York on the, on the Mets radio network. And. I asked him a question about how the audience kind of handles some of the stats that he gives on radio. Obviously, baseball has more time to fill in between an at bat and and you can get a, a guy filing all five straight pitches or a guy hitting a two run home run like he mentioned. But for you, you're calling a match. For a different audience, the Spanish language audience, I can already hear my friends in Madrid telling me to cut it out with the estaditicas, but you give us a little bit of how the Spanish language audience differs from the English speaking audience and how how have they been receptive wise to statistical information that you guys provide?
1: I think they're very receptive now. I think when we when we were when I, when I was back at ESPN in two thousand and we were using all this information, which was good information, but it was a brand new approach to the game, uh, especially in Spanish. I think people didn't like it too much at the beginning because, you know, they used to say, well, football is not a, a sport about numbers. Well, it, it kind of is, you know, but it took some time. And now I think the audience is more receptive. They're more open. They, they like this, this, this type of information. Um, I think it's difficult too for, for announcers, because remember, we're doing the game in Spanish and we're going 150 miles an hour. And somehow you got to fit in, in there, uh, this really short, important information about Cristiano, about Messi, about the team. So it, it, it's it's all about timing. But I think the audience now, going back to your question, I think the audience now is more receptive, more open. They understand it better. Um, they like it. And obviously, as, a, as an announcer, you don't want to, you know, just come out with a, a bunch of stats and, and forget about what's going on on, on, on the pitch because then then I, I don't think you're doing your job. But you, like I said, you got to find the right moment and the right time to to throw some stops. You don't you don't want to do too many, but but you just gotta do it at the right moment.
0: So you just at least in soccer,
1: right. at least right. in soccer you, that's how it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you just touched on uh, Cristiano. So let's stay there because obviously he returned back to Manchester United. Uh his second stint with the team, he scored two goals in his his return against Newcastle. Um, from our friends at the analyst, let me give you a stat here. This was CR7's 22nd time scoring two or more goals in the Premier League. So Jose on your play by play analyst hat on, how do you think this version, this thirty six year old Cristiano Ronaldo will fare in his second time around with man United?
1: I think he will do fine. I think it will be just fine because he's he's playing in a different position. I think this position fits him better because obviously uh, he's thirty six years old. you know, he's still in good shape. Uh, he still has some speed. He has a little experience. but um you know when you're thirty six and you're competing you know against younger kids, it becomes more difficult. So the position that he's playing as a number nine striker, I think it fits him perfectly uh, for where he is in his um, career. I think he's going to do fine. Just look at what he did in in the Champions League. It took him 13 seconds or 13 minutes, 13, 14 minutes to to score. So he's going to be fine. He's got, you know, a lot of good players on the wings, Cavani, Greenwood, Rashford. Um, It's a very good team. So he'll be fine.
0: Well, let's stay on the EPL because our friends over at The Analysts, we have our season simulator and our predicted title win metric, right? With With the winning title percentage. Right now, Man City's in fifth in the table, but Man United leads and they have a 5.6 chance according to our folks over at the analyst of winning the title man city with the highest percentage chance at 77%. I know it's early obviously in the EPL season um but what do you think will shake out as as you see the standings right now you see the you know the transactions that have happened what do you think will shake out between man united chelsea liverpool man city and everton who are the top 5?
1: Wow. It's a good question. It's too early to tell, but, um, but obviously, you know, the teams that you mentioned, Man City, uh, Manchester United, Chelsea, uh, e- even Liverpool that you didn't mention, I think they're very strong squads. Um, they're going to competing neck to neck until the end. It- it's hard to tell, you know, what's going to happen. I don't have a crystal ball, but, um, eh, listen, if you, if you want to bet on those four teams that I just mentioned, I think your bet will be fine on, on trying to one of them trying to win the, the, the premier title.
0: So let's move over into my favorite league, La Liga, where my my Sevilla team right now is in sixth place, but uh, I want to ask you. I didn't know you
1: were a Sevilla fan. I didn't know that.
0: Diehard Sevilla fan and uh, Ramon Sanchez.
1: Listen, they have the best anthem in all the soccer world. The the best
0: Sevilla, one. Sevilla, Sevilla. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Contigo, look, look, I get, I'm getting goosebumps it's,
1: right it's now. It's phenomenal,
0: man. and and obviously the derby <laughs> contra betis. But anyway, <laughs> let's stay on La Liga with the table right now. Our season simulator data over at theanalyst.com has Real Madrid with a 42.3 percent chance of winning the title. I want to ask you, Barcelona is in seventh. For the people that may not watch La Liga on a regular basis, and they they hear Real Madrid. Barcelona and then you look at for wherever Atletico Madrid is or Villarreal what's happening with Barcelona and then what do you think about Madrid and, and who will actually win La Liga when it's all said and done
1: I think the, the winner at the end uh, the season uh, most likely will be Atletico Madrid um, they have the better squad um, they have done a really good job signing players year after year uh, in this last season they just added Rodrigo De Paul this midfielder from Argentina who's Outstanding. Uh, They got Griezmann on a free transfer from from Barcelona. So they're loaded. They're loaded. Um, They're the team to beat in La Liga. Um, Going back to your question with Barcelona, I think it has to do with with bad decisions, bad general uh, decisions by by the management uh, that has brought the team to this situation. Um, They lost Messi, as we know. Uh, They gave away Griezmann. Uh, They continue to make bad decisions with, with players. And so obviously the team is, is, is kind of weak right now, including, you know, the players who are out on injury. Um, so it's going to be a tough and long season for Barcelona. I think they're finishing third, fourth, maybe. I think Sevilla will probably be up there. I think, um, Real Madrid, maybe third, two, or maybe second. I don't know. But like, but again, the team to beat in La Liga is Atletico de Madrid.
0: According to our season simulator, and by the way, you can check out all of this at theanalyst.com, head to our uh, soccer tab there, and you can see all this season simulation data, expected goals for and against for teams. But Atletico Madrid, I just want to give you 18.7% chance of winning the title, according to our season simulator. Wow. Barcelona is actually second with 30.4%. I mentioned Madrid with uh, Real Madrid with 42.3% chance of winning the title. Again, this is according to our early season simulation data. Um, Let's move into Champions League. Uh, This episode is airing on on the day of the second round matches of of the group stage. Um, Your thoughts on the Champions League so far? I want to give you a quick stat from our folks over at The Analyst. Our, Our stats perform power rankings for the month of September. Has Man City, Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Liverpool, and Atletico Madrid all in the top seven. Chelsea is actually seventh on that list. The obviously the Champions League champs of last season. They were looking to repeat and become the, the third EPL club to do that since Nottingham Forest in 79, 80. Liverpool did it in 77 and 78. Uh, give me some early thoughts from Jose Hernandez on Champions League, the the, the group of death with Group B, um, some of the matches that are upcoming. What are you looking for in Champions League this year and, and who, who ultimately holds the trophy at the end?
1: You know, I think for, for, uh, for the first time in a very long time, I think every single game in Champions League is going to be a big matchup because, you know, you can have the Manchester City, you can have the Liverpool, you can have PSG, which by the way, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't mention PSG. Um, Chelsea is the defending champion, uh, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, all those big teams um, I think this year the competition is is is, is tougher. It's, there's more teams that can, um, they can you know try to win the title. Obviously, there's there's probably two or three big ones, and, and I think you have to consider uh, PSG on that because of the Mbappe and Neymar Messi um, forwards. Man City has to be considered the defending champion. Chelsea they have a a, a very good squad, and they just added Romelu Lukaku from from Internazionale de Milan. So. I think it's it's going to be between those three teams and then Bayern, maybe Barcelona, Real Madrid um, in, a, it's an, in a second group. I think that's where the title will be decided, but it's going to be very interesting. Just look at the matchups from uh, match day one, uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. There were big games on both days.
0: Yeah, and as of this taping, uh, you obviously you're going to have the second uh, matches with Juventus taking on Chelsea, Man United, Villarreal. Um, the reason why I didn't mention PSG, I'm going to give you a stat from our folks over at The Analyst. Most matches without winning the Champions League trophy, Arsenal leads with 83 right behind them. PSG with 66 matches played without winning the title. So obviously, Jose thinks PSG has got a good chance. Jose, before I let you go, um, give our audience out there that maybe looks at some of these stats and they go, this is crazy. I, I, I don't need this statistical information. Why are stats so valuable to Jose Hernandez and to the audience that's watching these soccer matches?
1: They're valuable because, um, it gives you an idea, of, you know, what's, what's going on with the team. It's, it's impossible to know exactly what happens with it, with every team, every single day. Um, it's impossible to watch their games every day or every weekend. So the stats basically give you an idea, okay, you know, how this, this team is doing, whether it's doing good or bad, uh, you know. So I think it's important information. We we try to, like I said before, we try to take some of it and, and, and try to bring it to the, to the fans at the right moment, at the right time during the broadcast that we're doing.
0: Jose Hernandez, if you've got Univision Deportes or the TUDN app, Um, You can watch Jose calling matches on that network. I love his work. He's been at ESPN, the book, there's BN Sports everywhere. He's a friend. Jose, thank you so much for hopping on the podcast today. I truly appreciate it. Continued success to you, my friend.
1: Mike, thank you. And uh, when you want to do this again, just let me know.
0: All right. That was our buddy, Jose Hernandez, my buddy, Jose Hernandez, but now he's your buddy. Uh, play-by-play announcer for TUDN uh, Deportes Network for Univision over there. He does a great job calling all the soccer matches for them. I worked with him, like I mentioned, at ESPN Deportes for a few years. Uh, I was really the guy handing him those statistical packets. Like you mentioned, uh, we used to do a bunch of different uh, studio shows, sports center hits. Uh, it was always great listening and watching Jose up close and personal on how he prepared in the studio. He gave you some insights there. One thing I wanted to mention, uh, our season simulator data head over to TheAnalyst.com. This stuff is great stuff, folks. All that EPL and La Liga season simulation data that I gave you. If you want to check it out, head to TheAnalyst.com. For you Serie A fans, I did not forget about you. Uh, We have, uh, I know Inter Milan right now is in fourth in the table. As of this taping, 46.9% chance of winning Napoli with 28.9% chance. And obviously Roma and, and AC Milan are at the top of the table right now. For you Bundesliga fans out there, I know I got a few. One of my friends... Edgar Asero, if he's listening, who, who runs uh, the Bayern Munich social media content, Wolfsburg right now. And we've got an article up on the analyst.com is in the lead but bayern munich not that far behind bruce dormant uh and Bayern munich 84.3 percent chance of winning the title according to our season simulator data over at the analyst so check out all of those cool metrics and statistical information at the com for this podcast you want to check out more episodes from this podcast it's available on the com. click on the tab that says podcast or on whatever audio podcast platform you're listening to us we're available across all the major ones subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review and comment, please. As always, I'm Mike Leon. We'll see you next time.